Goff's three minute. Your story. Cause knowledge is Cold or hot, spam hits the spot. In the late 1930s, that is the tagline that drew consumers to this affordable canned meat on the shelves of their local grocery store. It helped the spam was the only meat you could buy that did not need to be refrigerated at the time. A definitive edge as the nation was still wallowing in the Great Depression and cupboards were bare and electricity may be scarce. Since its appearance in 1937, spam has continued to be an American staple. It has seen its popularity soar, drop, and rise again. I ate spam quite regularly growing up, and while I wouldn't say I'm in love with it, it's also a decent meal once in a while. So let's hear the story of one of the most versatile meats on the map, which has sold over 8 billion cans worldwide. George A. Hormel and Company was incorporated in 1901. Hormel learned his craft as a butcher at the slaughterhouses in Chicago in 1891, moved to Austin, Minnesota to start his own slaughterhouse and meat packing plant. The predecessor to Spam was a giant six-pound canned pork luncheon meat that they would send to butchers who would slice off chunks for customers. Hormel's son, who took over the company in 1929, decided to scale it down to a family-size honk and put it out on shelves. Through trial and error, the company discovered if you sealed the pork in a vacuum, the meat wouldn't sweat. This, along with its simple five-ingredient blend consisting of pork shoulder, water, salt, sugar, and sodium nitrate made Spam an immediate hit with budget-conscious families. For over 70 years, the recipe went unchanged until in 2009, Hormel added potato starch to combat what is, in my opinion, the worst part of Spam, that clear jelly coating when you open it, which is actually created when you're cooking the meat. The reason they added potato starch, a Hormel spokesperson said, was purely aesthetic. Quote, it looks a lot better now when you open the can. Well, there are a variety of theories and rumors of what SPAM stands for. It was actually named at a party by Hormel's brother who just came up with a random name. He spit it out. They all liked it and it stuck. SPAM's real time to shine came as American GIs headed to Europe in World War II. SPAM was the perfect frontline food. The meat was sealed, had a long shelf life, and did not have to be refrigerated. Hormel sent over 100 million pounds of Spam to American and Allied troops during the war. GIs would even grease their guns and waterproof their boots with the Spam grease. World War II made Spam a global commodity. As Allied forces spread their rations wherever they were stationed, the demand for Spam rose throughout the world. While globally it was a hit after the war, returning American troops who had eaten Spam sometimes for three meals a day were sick of it and the demand at home diminished greatly. It was a godsend for Asian Pacific and Hawaiian Islands, however, after the war as populations attempting to recover from the devastation were in great need of a cheap, non-perishable food that would last in the heat. When the Korean War kicked off, so did the demand for Spam again. The demand stayed even as the troops left, and today, Korea is the second largest consumer of Spam in the world behind the U.S. It's considered a delicacy and often given as a gift. While Spam has seen its ups and downs and its demand in the American pantry over the past 80 years, it seems to be on the rise again. Once looked at as a poor man's food, a third world aid relief, it is now seeing its stock rise again as an affordable non-perishable meat that goes with a host of dishes or just plain. We have restaurants specializing in Spam delicacies, a Spam museum, Spam festivals, 
a NASCAR sponsorship, and there was even a Broadway play, Spamalot. There was a spam spread for those who were, quote, spreaders, not slicers. So like it or not, spam is here to stay because like Hormel said back in the 30s, cold or hot, spam hits the spot. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful, Wart County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.